You are now in tune to a 726 Studio production. Yo, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Planet Josh. As always, you're here with your boy Josh, the one and only. Who else would it be? But yeah, thanks for taking the time out to listen to this new episode. It is greatly appreciated. So for those of you that are new to the podcast, thanks for joining. Thanks for checking it out. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you stay. And for those of you that have been around for however long you have, thanks for tuning in each and every week. Now for some usual announcements that I got to drop, you know, just a little reminders. Feel free to follow the Instagram page at underscore planet Josh underscore and hit me up on Twitter at J underscore mama 97. As always, the links will be in the description to make it easier for you guys to find these accounts. So, well, you know, many times the title of an episode gives it away. And of course, based on the title of this episode, you already know it's going to be about me being back home. And while we're on that note, This is the very first episode I'll be recording here in Belize in my lovely hometown of Punta Gorda in the Deep South. Now, recording here in my house seems a bit more challenging than it was in my dorm room, 726. And that's because, well, you know, the streets right there, it's not the best quality of a street. So if there are cars driving on it, you will hear a lot of noise. And besides all of that, my neighbors, they have kids and sometimes you can hear them screaming. I mean, earlier I heard them talking pretty loud. So my apologies in advance if those background noises in some way, shape or form interrupts the course of the episode, the whole vibe of the episode or just annoys you, you know. But anyways, what else can I do? I don't have a studio and we're just doing whatever we can with whatever we have at this point in time. So yeah, I'm back home two years and a half after leaving in 2020, pre-COVID. Well, pre-COVID and Belize. COVID was already doing what it was doing in Asia, was already starting to creep up on the US. But Belize was pretty chill. That was back when, you know, my family and friends back home here in Belize, sorry, not back home. Feels weird to say here. But anyways, that was back when they were like, oh yeah. Are you sure you want to go back, you know, with all of that going on? Like, you know, they had the mentality that nothing would ever happen to Belize. It would never get here. But they were wrong. As we can tell, I mean, hell, it was a whole pandemic. But yeah, it's always a good thing to be back at home, to be around family and friends, the people I've known for a great amount of time in my life. And not only that, to be back in a place where I grew up, um, you know, It's not the same as it used to be, but at the end of the day, it is still home. So now coming home to Belize was a task. It was very challenging. A trip that started off pretty good took a downward spiral and you guys are going to hear all about it here in this episode. Before I get into that part of it, if you guys want to see a visual representation of my trip, I kind of did a little mini vlog. It was like, what? 13 minutes, something there about under 15 minutes. If you want to check it out, I'll put the link in the description as well. And so, yeah, let's get into story time. So as a lot of you know, by now, I think I've mentioned it time and time again here on this podcast. I am not vaccinated. My reason? 
I just didn't want to get the vaccine. And, you know, a lot of times when you say such a thing, you know, you say those exact words to someone, they're like, why? Why? Literally, I just didn't want to get it. That is my why. Why are you asking me so many questions, you know? But anyways, and as a result of not being vaccinated, it wasn't possible for me to travel through the U.S. And to make matters worse, I didn't have a visa. But to be fair, I didn't even care about renewing my visa because without having the vaccine, I wouldn't be able to pass through the country anyways. So it was like, hmm, do I get a visa for no reason, you know? Save the money so I can have a visa later on and actually get to use the visa more. If you get what I'm saying. You see my logic? I hope you do because it's very logical. But anyways, for people like myself that went to Taiwan on a scholarship, they give us a ticket to get there and they give us a ticket to return to our countries. And despite the fact that they were responsible to find a ticket for me to return back home, I was a bit nervous because I was like, hmm, going a longer route than the usual Taiwan, US, US, Belize route might cost them some more money. It might cause a lot of complications trying to find the route, first of all. And it's like, hmm, I was stressed because I love to overthink things. Even if I'm not the one that's tasked with being stressed to figure out something, as long as it's related to me in some way. I'm going to be a little bit stressed. So I was kind of tripping for a while, trying to figure out when am I going to go home? Are they going to find a flight or are they going to be like, yo, this is on you for not being vaccinated, blah, 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 and just have to figure out a way back home all on my own. Luckily, they found a way, but that way was a long ass trip. Like I think around 50 hours total. That's including layovers and what's not. But the average flight when you go Taiwan, US, US, Belize is just about 30 or a little bit under 30 hours total. So to go from 30 all the way to 50 is a huge jump. It's almost double the time. So the route that they found for me was initially supposed to be Taiwan, Amsterdam, which is in the Netherlands, then to Panama, then to Belize. But like maybe a day or two after they told me about that, they changed it to Taiwan to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Panama, Panama to Guatemala, Guatemala to Belize. So they added an extra flight, probably made things a little bit cheaper for them. I don't know. I wasn't the one looking at the flight details and what's not. I was just waiting for the itinerary. And so when they gave me that route, it was like, ah, damn. But to be fair, it didn't add any extra hours to the flight because I was going to still make it to Belize at the same time of the initial you know, directly from Panama to Belize. And now that they added Guatemala in between, I still would get to Belize at the same time on a Friday, 1 p.m. So now anyway, so I was like, okay, what do I have to do? They were like, just make sure you have a COVID test because you might need it in Panama and whatever, whatever. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I did my own research for these countries because, you know, I prefer to be on the safe side it's better to know the info more than once than to trust someone. I have a little bit of trust issues when it came to my traveling details. It's because like, you know, I'm the one that's going to be traveling. So I don't want to be the one out there taking the L and becoming stranded somewhere or being denied entry into some country. So I did my research and based off what I found, they accepted both 
PCR tests and antigen tests. So I was like, okay, cool, bet. So I went ahead, I booked my appointment for the antigen test. And the reason being why I did that was because one, an antigen test is way cheaper than a PCR test. And so it's like, you know, if they're going to accept both, so it's like PCR or antigen, why don't I go for the cheaper route? You know, because I'm a student, I was running out of cash and well, it was just, you know, the better choice, the better option, in my opinion, at that point in time. So for context, the antigen test was around 1,200 NT, which is about 80 Belize, which is about 40 US. And then the PCR test was 4,500 NT dollars, which is about 300 Belize, 150 US. So now, why wouldn't I get the antigen? Like, just look at that, right? Like, it made way more sense financially. And hell, if the countries didn't have a problem with it, why not? So I did my antigen test on the morning of my flight because I was leaving Taiwan at about 11 p.m. So I did it. I got my results. And I was like, okay, bet. Smooth sailing from here on out. I leave Taipei, I go to the Taoyuan airport via the airport MRT. Me, my girlfriend, and two of my friends, we get there. And I check in. Um, we had to go to the different terminal to eat some McDonald's. Then we came back. I went through security. Everything was pretty chill. I got to my gate, boarded my flight. And lucky me, my row that I was sitting in, you know, three seats, it was only me and this other guy. And so we had a buffer zone between the two of us. So, you know, it was very spacious. I got to spread my legs because I'm a tall person in a cramped space. And so it was chill. I wish I could have been like this lady that was sitting behind me because she had an entire row to herself. At mid-flight, I even looked back and I saw her laying across all three seats. And I was like, damn, I'm a bit jealous in a sense because of that. But also because I wanted a window seat because, well, I was doing the vlog. So that flight from Taiwan to the Netherlands was about 14 hours. I slept for about six or seven, not in a row, here and there. And while I was awake, I was just listening to music, watching movies on the airplane. Despite the fact that I had downloaded a bunch of movies on Netflix and Disney Plus on my phone. So anyways, I land at the airport in Amsterdam. And I get there and I experience one of the biggest culture shocks of my life. Now, you guys might be wondering, like, how is that the biggest culture shock of my life? And, you know, considering the fact that I left Belize in 2018 to go study in Taiwan, a country across the world, totally different culture. But the crazy part is when I got to Taiwan, it wasn't like, what? Whoa. You know, I, I never really had one of those moments. But I did have one at the airport in the Netherlands. And the reason being is that because ever since the pandemic started, people in Taiwan have had to use masks regardless. There have been moments where you only need it for public transportation. You can go outside without a mask. But I'd say for the greater part of the past year or more, we've had to use masks when we're outside. And the only exceptions would be eating and playing sports. So, you know, I've gotten used to wearing a mask. I've gotten used to the fact that whenever I leave home, I need to have a mask on. 
So now I get to the airport. I'm walking around like from the moment we get off the plane. And well, it's not the conventional get off the plane and you're right in the building. No, it's kind of like what we have in Belize. You go down the stairs. However, because this airport is big, after you come down the stairs outside of the airport, you hop in a little bus that takes you to the main building. And so when we get into the main building, I see about 95% of the people in there without masks. Even the people at work at the airport, um, flight attendants or whatever you want to call them, the crew, um, pilots that are arriving for work, all of them are without masks. And I'm like, huh? What the hell? Now, of course, I wasn't going to fall into the peer pressure of taking off my mask because I'm like, you know what? I have a long trip to go and, you know, I at least got to keep using my mask while I'm on this trip. So the time goes by in the Netherlands. I'm just there chilling a five hour layover. Then I board my flight to go to Panama later on that day. And right before I boarded my flight, they were like, like when they scanned my boarding pass, it, it flagged it red. And I'm like, huh? So anyways, they were like, do you have a COVID test with you? I showed them. They're like, okay, whatever, whatever. I went in and well, the flight wasn't as comfy as the first one was based on the fact that it was pretty much a full flight. If I'm not mistaken, I don't recall seeing any empty seats. And so while that flight was full, it wasn't that comfy. I was once again in an aisle seat, no window seat for my vlog. Um, the overhead space was so filled up because I couldn't even find a place to put my carry on. And so one of the flight attendants had to take my bag further up. And a part of me was like, okay, fine, whatever. But I'm also like, what if when we land, someone takes out my bag by mistake? And I'm like, oh no. But anyways, the flight was okay. It was a 10 hour flight from Amsterdam to Panama city. And while the flight was fine, the biggest problem was the space. But one thing they did not lack was quality food. The food was busting. I'm telling you, first they offered um, chicken and rice or pasta, vegetarian pasta. And I'm like, okay, on my previous flight, which was China Airlines, I had gotten chicken and rice and I wasn't that big a fan of it. So I'm like, mm, let's not go for chicken and rice again. So I opted for the vegetarian pasta and oh my goodness. That was a great option. And, you know, airplane food, despite being good, isn't usually good, good. You know, it was just sometimes you just look at it as, oh, it's good enough to be airplane food. It's good enough because, you know, the average airplane food is kind of shitty. But let me tell you, the food that they gave us on KLM, which is a Dutch Airlines, was crazy good. I'm like, damn. And then later on, they gave us like a wrap and like a cake dessert thingy. I don't even know what it was, but let me tell you, those people know what they're doing on that flight when it comes to food. So now the flight comes in and I get to Panama and this is where my journey starts to get a little bit shaky. This is where things start to get a little bit crazy and, you know, it takes a turn for the worst. Well, maybe not the worst, but it takes the worst turn that I've had. In a while, it takes the worst turn that I had on the entire trip. So now I get to Panama and, you know, most airports have free Wi-Fi. And so I'm trying to connect to the Panama airport Wi-Fi. 
and I see different options. I'm like, huh? And then I saw this one. It's like free for 30 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm going to be here for five hours. So free 30 minutes in a country. I don't know what the hell is going on. Fine, whatever. Eventually, I opted to buy the two hour plan, which was six U.S., because, well, I had to get in contact with one of my aunts who was trying to help me book a place in Guatemala because I had an overnight layover there. And so I just took the L and bought the data. Well, bought the Wi-Fi. So while I'm there, everything is good. My body slowly starts to hit that crash. Because, you know, bear in mind, my flight from the Netherlands was 10 hours. But I was like, okay, I won't sleep too much on this one because I want to be sleepy for when I get to Guatemala City, sleep there, and then catch my flight the following morning. So right before boarding, I I take a little nap, I wake up, and when it's time to board, I get there, and the guy asks me for my COVID test. I show him my antigen test, and they're like, you need a PCR test. And I'm like, hold up, what do you mean? Why do I need a PCR test? Clearly, when I searched up on the Guatemalan website, they said, PCR tests or antigen tests. And I'm like, come on, man. This is literally what their website says. I can find it in Spanish. I can find it in English. But this is what the government of Guatemala's website says. But they're like, no. Then they contacted their supervisor, or that's what they said they did. And they're like, oh, our supervisor contacted the supervisor in Guatemala. And they said, you need a PCR test. And I'm like, why? But okay, I guess. So I wasn't able to board that flight. They took my bags off it and they they were like, your bags are in customs and you can go out of the airport, take a COVID test, take a COVID PCR test. And then tomorrow you come back to service center and they will give you another flight to Guatemala in a sense that would get me there in time for my final flight. So I'm like, okay, I guess, like, what else can I do? So I leave, I call my family again. I had to buy Wi-Fi once again because, well, the time was up and I needed to get in contact with them. I needed to let them know about my situation and all that was going on with me. So I get in contact with my family. Then I decide, let's go and see where to get my baggage But at that point, I was already starting to become frustrated. I wanted to cry because it's like this becomes a major setback in my trip, a trip that has been going on so well for so long. And now it hits this stupid ass roadblock. And I'm like, how am I going to make it through? But anyways, I go down to what is apparently baggage claim or customs And I'm there asking some guys and well, of course, they don't speak English and I don't speak Spanish. So it becomes a challenge. So I decide to call my mom, put her on speaker so she can talk to them. And well, they were essentially saying, oh, um, you can just stay in the airport. You can sleep here and blah, blah, blah. And I decided, you know what? What they're saying isn't what I want to hear. So I went to another spot, which was really and truly immigration. And so I get to them, I'm starting to explain stuff to them. And they're like, do you have a ticket? Because you need a ticket to leave the airport. You need a ticket and a reservation to leave the airport. 
However, the biggest problem is that the airlines already told me we'll give you another ticket tomorrow after you have the PCR test. And then the immigration is telling me I need a ticket to go outside. And it's like, uh, I'm stuck because, well, I already don't have the ticket. But then to get the ticket, I need to go outside. But to go outside, I need to have a ticket. It's like, what the hell is going on? Well, anyways, we fast forward. I end up in a little corner. It feels like I'm an illegal immigrant because I'm like, damn, this looks like a little sketchy corner. But anyways, um, so there's this one Asian looking guy that's there, right? And the security or the immigration guy is trying to, yeah, immigration, sorry. He's trying to talk to the guy. He's like, do you speak English? Hablas inglés. And it's like, the guy clearly doesn't understand, but he looks Asian, but I don't want to be, you know, quick to assume he's Chinese because earlier I heard a lady around there speak like Vietnamese. So it's like, "Mm, do I use my little bit of Chinese and see if this guy speaks Chinese or not? So I was like, to hell with it. Let's try. So I walk up to him and I was like, ni shoying wen ma. And like, I guess he didn't think like someone's going to walk up to him and say that. So he wasn't paying me any attention. So I looked at him and I was like, and then he was like, and then I was like, he was like, I'm like, oh my goodness. So for those of you that don't understand, I basically asked him if he's from China. Then he said, yeah. Then I asked if he speaks English and he said, no. I'm like, oh, well, anyways, I bounced out of there and my, you know, it ultimately came down to see the airlines in the morning, explain what's going on and go from there. Now, this is already at like 1.30, close to 2 a.m. in the morning. The airlines doesn't open until 5.30 or something like that. But it's hard for me to fall asleep. There's so many things going through my mind. I already had a whole ass breakdown. Um, I was just completely losing it because, well, everything becomes so extremely uncertain. And so... It was like, ah, damn, what the hell do I do now? What the hell is going to happen? I was talking to my mom. I was talking to my aunt and they were like, just try to relax. We'll figure it out in the morning. I was talking to Kelsey, my girlfriend, and she was like, try to get some rest. I went to sleep for maybe like two hours and something. But to be honest with you, I woke up feeling refreshed. I woke up feeling energized and it was like, okay, let's go. Fast forward to the customer service people dealing with me. They immediately put the blame on the Dutch airlines. They were like, oh, it's their fault. They allowed you to board with the wrong test to come here and blah, blah, blah. So that's their way of saying, this is all on you. This is a you problem. You won't be able to get a flight from us to make it to Guatemala or whatnot. I'm like, you know what? At this point, I'm already tired. I'm already drained, both mentally, physically, everything. And it's like, you know what? Fine. I'll just try to figure out a different way to get to Belize. Now, luckily for me, there are direct flights from Panama to Belize and vice versa, but these only happen on Fridays and it was a Friday. So I ended up having to buy a ticket, cost a lot of money, but at that point it was just to get home because I needed to get out of there. And like the option to, you know, on the other ways of getting back home, were very complicated, too complicated. So yeah, I had to buy an extra ticket. I made it all the way back home. 
And the funny thing is, remember I told you guys earlier that the initial itinerary that they sent to me was Taiwan, Netherlands, Netherlands, Panama, Panama, Belize. And it would have been the same flight. So I ended up taking the flight that I was originally scheduled to take. So there is that. I guess life finds a way to work out, finds a way to balance out, even if you lose money along the way. So now, after I get through that entire problem in Panama, it's like, okay, everything is good now. Feels like life is smooth sailing from here on out. And boy, was I wrong. I got to Belize. I let them know I just graduated. I'm a student returning home. And in Belize, you have to go through customs and they may or may not check your luggage to see what you're bringing into the country. And to be honest, I feel like most of the time they do check us Belizeans. They don't check foreigners. I don't know why, but anyway, so I get there. I tell the guy, I'm like, yeah, bro, I just graduated four years studying abroad. I'm coming home. And usually they supposedly leave students alone. Like they don't mess with students. Huh? I was wrong. I get to the counter. It's a young guy. Probably looks like around my age. And he's like all personal stuff. I'm like, yeah, but if you want, you can check my bags. If you want, it doesn't matter to me. He's like, okay, I'll check one. So I'm like, which one do you want? He's like, anyone. I just pick up a random bag. I give it to him. He goes through it. Nothing. He asked me for my other bag. He goes through it. Nothing. He goes through my carry-on. He finds pineapple cakes. That's all. Puts it back. Done. Then he asked me for my backpack. He takes out my Xbox, right? Bear in mind, this isn't the first time I've had problems with my Xbox. When I returned in 2020, like summer, not summer, sorry, winter break, like January uh, there about of 2020, the lady at the customs took out my Xbox and she was like, hmm, this looks brand new. And the problem is that they think that you're going to try to sell this in a country or some BS. But anyway, so she was like, this looks brand new. I'm like, miss, I have this for like quite some time now. Hell, I even brought it to Belize once before I took it in 2019 summer. And this is now 2020 January. But anyway, she's looking at it. She's like, how am I to believe this isn't you? I'm like, hey, if you want, you can plug it in and check it out right now. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. But anyways, eventually they're like, okay, you log it in this book that we have. So when you come in the future, you have proof that it is yours. So I'm like, okay, fine. No problem whatsoever. So now fast forward to this trip. I told the guy, yo, why are you looking at my Xbox? Like it's new. I'm like, Bro, you could see that it's old. The guy's like, it looks brand new to me. And if you guys would be able to see my Xbox, it has scratches at the bottom. It has marks at the top. Hell, you know, these electronic devices usually have like little rubber things at the bottom to grip on whatever table they're placed on. And so I had that there, but eventually they fell off. So I put a little bit of tissue in there to prevent my Xbox from sliding. I'm like, bro, you could see I put tissue in the Xbox. And the problem with this was that it was an older guy from the customs that you could tell was kind of telling the younger guy, like, yo, keep on pushing, keep on pressing, like just trying to get something out of me eventually. Right. I'm like, okay, hold up, bro. If you don't believe me, let me show you my controllers. Look at my controllers. My controllers are busted. I'm like, and I also wrote in the book last time, but I told them the wrong date because I wasn't sure if it was the 2019 summer or the 2020 winter break. And so he was searching and he's like, I can't find anything. And I'm like, bro, I wrote in the book. I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, 
I was frustrated. I was almost at this point where it's like, I almost told him, what the fuck are you guys doing? Can you just leave me the fuck alone? Like, you're pressing all of this shit for something that doesn't even matter. And that's a big problem with our damn customs department here in Belize. These people, they get paid a salary. And a lot of them are trying to make a little extra on top of that. Now, for those of you that are listening and you may have someone that you're related to that works there or you work there and you feel offended, I'm sorry, but that's the harsh reality. Everyone knows that a lot of these people at these places are always trying their best to get something out of people. And unfortunately, at the airport, they always try to do it to their very own fellow Belizeans. Nonetheless, I made it out. But the stress that I received from that particular moment in time, they wasted like 15 or a little bit more than 15 minutes of my time. And it was like, yeah, it feels so good to be home. It's great to be home. I love it. Psych. Like it really pissed me off next level. And it just kept on bugging me for quite some time. But thank God I got through all of it. No, you know, no extra bullshit. Uh, my friend's little brother was leaving on the same day. So, on, and coincidentally on the same flight that I got to Belize on. And so, well, same airplane. And so, um, he picked me up, him and his mom. We went to eat. Then we went to Belmopan where I chilled at their house for the night. I took a shower and then I went to take a quote unquote nap. And that nap turned into me sleeping from 6 p.m waking up at 12.50 a.m., almost 1 a.m. And it's like, oh, damn. But yeah, fast forward, I spent a couple of nights in Hopkins. Took a, you know, took a little time to sit back, relax, kind of get reacquainted, kind of gather myself. And then I came to my lovely town of PG. And ever since, you know, I've just been moving around, trying to see who I can see, like family, friends, hoop a little bit actually put in some work in my guy, Shaba, Darnell. Eric wasn't around. Hopefully he's around next time so we can put in some work with him too. Like it's, it's a perfect situation for me to get back into basketball. Hell, I live like less than five minutes away from the court. So that's a good thing as well. But overall, it's been great to be back home. Despite the troubles I've had in my traveling, landing in Belize with customs and all of that. I'm here trying to make the most of it. And yeah, I realized that doing this podcast in Belize is going to be harder than I thought. Like just thinking of times that I will be able to do an episode, situations that I will be placed in with the noise, you know, from outside. And it's like doing a podcast is actually harder in Belize than I thought it would have been. And in a sense, it kind of makes sense why Belizean podcasts don't survive. It's not an excuse, though, because you can still make it through it. But yeah, let's see what we do. If it's one thing for sure, I'm going to keep it going. And as always, I'll give you guys a heads up if at some point in time something comes up that prevents me from doing an episode or, um, you know, just not able to do it. I'll let you guys know via the Instagram page. So go ahead and follow it to stay up to date on everything. But yeah, man, this is the first episode in Belize, first of many to come. Hopefully I can have some more guests in the future. Like this one was hard to do by myself because like the past six episodes, so it's over a month, have all had guests. So it's, you know, it wasn't just me, myself and I. 
So transitioning back to doing episodes by myself, it was a bit tricky, but we made it through. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for taking the time out. As always, feel free to share to your family, friends, whoever it may be, share it on your social media page and you stay safe. You stay blessed. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.